Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome back to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast. I'm your professional handicapped host, and no, I am still not the voice of Scooter from the Muppets, but I do have my co-host here, and he'll tell you what he can do. Yeah, so my name is um, Blake Mosley. I am known as the loudest guy in the room, but only when I'm playing the drums. Any other uh, comments on that is false, absolutely false, Um, and I am your 100% useless uh, endless source of useless music knowledge, um, no doubt. They call me the Brosley, but you can call me Blake. All my good friends call me Blake, except for James. He calls me Brosley. You're probably the only other person in the entire world that calls me Brosley. I'm probably the only one okay. allowed to do it, right? The only one that's legally obligated to call me Brosley. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, but okay, so, but we have a real good, real special guest with us today. It's uh, he's he's a relative of yours. And he's, is he not allowed yeah. to call you Brosley, too? I mean, No, he can call me Brosley. Okay, good, he's not okay. legally obligated to. Like, okay. he just <laughs> don't, usually. Yeah. He doesn't call me anything. Um, unless it's, it's all the time. So, <laughs> I didn't, we didn't even write up a little thing for Travis this time, because this is his third time coming on the show. Friends third of time. The show. Yeah, you're like an, an honorary third member. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm always down to be honorary anything, really. I'm honorary Australian. Are you now? Nice. Okay, yeah, how'd that dude. happen? Nice. Long story, man. <laughs> oh, okay. We won't get into that. <laughs> okay. We'll save that for a but, uh, Patreon episode. Yes. Yes. We don't anyway. have a Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, but if we did, that's the, that would be what we well, would put on. not yet. We don't have one yet. Not know, yet. So. We, we can't think of what to put on the Patreon episodes quite yet, so maybe one day. Um, we'll get to that point, but um, yeah, everybody, welcome Travis Gettings from Of Gods and Machines back on the show. Um, we've got a good bit more to talk about this time, though. Um, Travis, what you been up to? Well, we uh, we have a single, uh, Waterboarded <laughs> to Death, is releasing on Halloween. Um, on Halloween. all streaming cool. platforms. So, uh, um, okay, can I can, can I just ahead. say yeah, something? Yeah. All right. So what? Okay, so. For some reason, th- that song came to my mind while I was going to the bathroom uh, the other day. I was like, "All right, well, this song is catchy." <laughs> Waterboarding to, I was like, "Yes, yeah. dude!" And Hell I yeah. and I know the guy who does it in the bathroom song. Yeah, I mean, it's water, right? It would definitely be water. on my pooping playlist. Yeah, that's, that's a for good sure. pooping playlist. But right. I'm like, um, that's, that's a terrible way to go. Waterboarding to death. That's that's not you know. Yeah. That coincides with, with with Halloween, I guess, right? Brutal. Yeah. 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 And um, that's a very very we catchy song. We're trying to get a shirt release uh, lined up for like to coincide with the single dropping, but it's uh, we've never done this before, so it's yeah. a learning curve to say the least. But if we do get them up. Um, we might not get them up in the time frame we want to, but it's too sick of a design to not try to release. So um, keep an eye out for that. We also, me and our vocalist, Jacob, who's also been on the show, have uh, 
started our own podcast which today at work i realized our podcast kind of is like the stranger things upside down version of y'all's podcast where it is and i like that it's almost less about the music but um i don't know it's it literally i was playing a video game one day and we got paired with a random and he was like you need to do podcasts you have the voice for it and i was like yeah and then the next day jake was like we should do a podcast and i was like yes all right i do it i love i love the title you uh you y'all want to promote it here right now yeah it's um the metal health podcast um it's uh i think we have an instagram account we have a facebook page they uh (laughs) i've been trying to we kept it super under wraps and, and then just bang dropped it. So I've been kind of playing catch up with the social media stuff with it. But um, if you're listening to this, our second episode will be out. Um, we're releasing this on the 18th. So we're releasing our, we're just doing our host introductions, kind of like a background of our upbringings and how we got into the music we're into and how, that helps us with you know life's hardships um so and we're also using it as a way to like talk about music we're listening to and try to um like give band updates and then because like we thought about doing a new release thing but like we didn't know what time frame we would be dropping episodes so i think it yeah we both felt it would be more genuine to just talk about what we're listening to at that time. Yeah. So that's kind of how it is. It's like talk about what we've been listening to, talk about the band, get into whatever our topic is, which we got a few topics lined up, but right now we're just doing the host introductions. Yeah. <coughs> cool, man. I listened to the first episode uh, yesterday and um, I really enjoyed it. Thought it was great. Um, you guys are on Spotify right now, working on Currently, getting out. Okay. Yeah, currently. Okay, because I tried Spotify to find it on. Anchor. I tried to find it on, on Apple. I'm like, why isn't? But 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 it does take a while for Apple to catch up. I mean, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. There, but I made an Apple Podcast Connect account, and I just haven't okay, yeah. finished up that whole process. Yeah, but. I think in about like maybe next week or the week after that, you'll you'll get to hey, we're you know. Yeah, so yeah. Just it usually it, takes know. a minute for some reason. Yeah, with, and I don't. Apple, but, Spotify is uh, like right on it, dude. You know, right? So, yeah, like yeah. immediately, yeah. Spotify will put stuff on there. So, um, and it is called the Metal Health Podcast. Uh, and uh, for those of you who want to go, go ahead and give that a listen while you're listening to this, or not a listen. You can't do that. You can't physically <laughs> listen to both of them and say that's silly of me. Why would It'd I even say that? To, you should go ahead and it would be hard. I mean, I guess you could. You can grab two phones. Uh, you can either listen on a laptop and you can do that, but you're a crazy person. So why don't you just go ahead and subscribe to the metal health podcast? Um, and while you're listening to this, uh, and then if you're like, well, I don't like this. I don't like when words fail music speaks anymore. Then you can pause it. Don't delete us yet. Go listen to metal health and get that in your system and then be like, okay, I'm ready for when words fail music speaks again. And then you come back and then here we are. And then they're connected and they're, they're, we're like sister shows we're building a podcast yes. multiverse like marvel yeah did. right yes yeah. that's a good yes that's a really good yeah good thing yeah i yeah. like it yeah i like it it's all connected we're all overlapping we're interconnected and uh we're supporting each other and it's a beautiful time it is how about that 
One um, thing I did want to talk about is uh, about the last time we talked about my TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's dude. talk about dude, Blake's TikTok. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> wait, all right. Um, Who's taking the throne? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so, so I'm going to look Let's up see. how many how many views he's <laughs> got now while 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 while, while you talk about. Uh, I don't know what to follow that up with. Um, it and uh, doesn't matter. I get asked a good bit. What's you know what what am I uh, what's my next video? And I don't know what that will be. I'm kind of scared. I'm a little like, insecure yeah. about it because I don't know if I'll be able to strike gold like I did with that okay. that first video. My okay. de- my TikTok debut. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Are right, you ready? You have now forty six point two thousand views. <laughs> I don't. God, I don't what the hell are you? T- Okay. I don't know what's happening. Okay. I don't know what's happening. Um, yeah, okay. I still haven't gotten any money. I don't know when that comes into play. That comes so in much later, bro. Much later. It'd be great. I don't um, know. I've had some I've ideas. I just haven't carved out the time to execute them. So I I well, I need some ideas from the both of you. Uh James has given me the ideas to do the <laughs> um the challenges like he does on the TikTok. Uh and I haven't done those yet. But you know, I've got a, I've got 175 followers that I've got to yeah, know, satisfy right? yeah, here, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, I haven't slept in three weeks, but that's okay. Here's um, sleep hey, for the week. Here's something you can do. You can show up. You, okay, so you can take out all your albums that you haven't listened to yet. Tell them, okay. Tell them tell them why you bought why you bought them and what they okay. mean to you. I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. That seems very inspirational. Yeah. I'm also trying to think of ways that I can incorporate uh, more emo songs into songs that I play at church, uh, since that seemed to be a a hit. But we'll yes. we'll get there. Um, we're There's just going to do different yet. levels of it. Yeah. Where at one yeah. point you're just doing blast beats. <laughs> yep. One day when I can um, when I can perfect my blast beat, I'll start doing that uh, at church. It's or like that product. hardcore beat. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Closest thing to a blast beat that I can do. I did a drum cover of "Don't Dink and Drance" by um, Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. uh, like many moons ago, and it, that song like starts out with a blast beat, but that's like as long and as fast as I could go uh, with it. So, that any of you who want to check out my YouTube channel, that video is still up there. Go check that out. Um, terrible sound quality, but anyway. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, Travis, before we get started with our um, creepypastas and stuff like that, um, actually a few more things here, but you got a, you got a little baby on the way. Yes. I know, we didn't talk about that right. last time because we didn't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know yet, so it's you got a, a little baby it's on really the way. Exciting. You're gonna be our due date up. is three days before my birthday. Ooh, okay. So it's going to be real close. When's your birthday? Mm-hmm. Birthdays. March 16th. Okay, so it's okay. March 16th. Thirteenth, yeah. March thirteenth, then. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Awesome, so that's man. really exciting. We're just trying to get all our uh, get everything ready. It's been uh, hectic to say the least. Um. So okay. So let okay. So since since you're is it a boy or girl yet, or do you know? Oh, it's a boy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when he is born, you're gonna get no gifts from from now on, buddy. 
Cause it's That's fine with me. Because it's so close to your oh, birthday, it's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Because yeah. Father's Day is right around the corner. No. That's yeah, right. Father's Day. There you go. That's what you got to milk. You got to uh, find something yeah. else. Be like, oh, Father's Day is coming up. Yeah. I've been uh, sending hints, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I just kind of poke fun with it, but. Yeah. That's cool, man. Very That's happy exciting, for you guys. Man. I'm gaining a little cousin. Because of those those of you who don't know, Travis married a cousin of mine. Right. Um, yes. So exciting. That's cool. Um, but yeah, congratulations on that. Um, I haven't seen Jordan since the news uh, was it was has been put out there. But um, tell her that I said congratulations. Very happy for y'all. Yeah, I will for sure. Yeah, we stay in a yeah. house. Like <laughs> we stay in the house yeah. and go to work. I would I would stay in the house as much as I possibly could oh, yeah, um, at this point, but. Um, so before we get into our creepypastas here, oh, James, I'm sorry. Did you have something? Yes. Yeah. yeah before we get into it, um, I, we just want to announce to you that you can, you, we have a merchandise shop now and where yeah. you can buy our, our, our stuff. And if I can get this off, it'll be all right. You got some examples there. Last time James had a, a few examples. There's a face mask right here. There's your basic face mask. Uh-huh. Uh, now there's Those a for delicate little petite faces. Right. And, th- th- and this is your this is your flimsy one. It's not the. It's not the. Um, you know the more. Not the finest quality. Right, but you mask. can buy the finest quality. I have it with me, but it's but it's uh, but it's um, washing right now because it's dirty. Um, but I, yeah. I I would recommend you spend the extra like three bucks to get it. It's Just it's do it. It, it it conforms to your face, so it's not like I mean Blake said that he had a fat face last time, which I don't believe. I've got a really fat hoss head. So um, my my face masks have to be big and they have to be adjustable because that's I have not a true. Big old head. I just wear the yeah. big tubular ones because all this because it will like the regular ones oh, the will gators? Like, put a crease. Yeah, 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 the gators. Yeah, yeah, like this. Yeah, and we also have t-shirts, baseball, t- baseball, baseball yes, so sir. you can buy. Uh, we do have the jerseys that come in red and green and, and gray, and we also have basic T-shirts with our with our logo on it. So um, I'll I'll leave the link below, and you can uh, support us if you want to do that. One more thing yes, before Travis, we... they are available in black. Yes, they are. At any size they well, want. Anything if it's in black. I know. There right? you go. Yeah, just like my friend. <laughs> my friend says he'll he'll not wear, he'll not stop wearing black until he dies. Something. If if I could get rid of every article of clothing that I have and just replace it with black t-shirts and black jeans, yeah. I'd be totally okay with that. Right. I'm working on that. And As I wear this Jefferson Airplane t-shirt. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. And also one more thing. That guitar that is so black, it's hard to photograph. <laughs> it's like, like a empty hole. My current number one. Oh, yeah. I like it. Oh. All black. Yeah, man. All black, everything. That matte finish. I love that. That's cool. For those of you watching on the YouTube right now, right. Uh, Travis is showing us his guitar. Uh, or excuse me, for those of you who are listening audio only, he showed us his guitar yes. um, and then almost took out his microphone in the process. One more thing yeah, yeah. to okay, say and then Blake can get started is um, yeah. we, uh, we ask you to rate and review our podcast. That's how it helps us. We have a brand new re- re- uh, review and we're going to read it after all of this is going to, you know, spookify you. Yeah. So, going to yeah. spook you up, spook man. Up. So. Um, do oh, you have that pulled up, by the way, James? Because I don't think I have that in the I show do. notes here. I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. 
Awesome. Um, so Travis, let's let's get into it. We got a Halloween discussion first before we get into um, reading the creepypasta man. episodes. Which yeah, we, we've got uh, today. We're going to be reading like a bunch of uh, music related creepypastas. And for those of you who don't know what a creepypasta is, it's basically just an internet ghost story. Uh, and um, there's so many different kinds out there. Some of them are really nicely like professionally written uh if you're unfamiliar with such famous creepypastas as uh slender man uh that was one that really blew up man it's congealing it you don't say it you're not supposed to say his name oh what have you done he said it he's coming for you um uh and uh momo was that another one that was the um the mask the bird i don't think so i think that was a sculpture and then the internet just turned it into uh yeah, so, but we've got a few music-related ones that we're going to take turns reading. It's going to be, it's gonna, the internet, yeah, strikes again. Um, but before we get into all that, because uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, um, we're going to talk about, uh, we're, we're gonna just going to ask Travis uh, what, just a few questions about Halloween, because this is a Halloween-themed episode. So, um, what, I think we already know the answer, but what it, James, did you just make a Halloween noise? I did. Nope, I didn't. Which, I, I didn't have some, that, some spooky organ. Yeah. Would you do it? Would you do it? I missed it. Uh huh. Oh, that wasn't you. Wait. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, oh um. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. What, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What? Uh, I think we know your this answer already, uh, Travis. But what is your favorite horror movie franchise? Scream, hands down. All right, I knew Friend. it. <laughs> Second. Well, let's go with the second. I like a lot of one-offs that aren't series. Right. But as far as series, probably um, either Friday the 13th or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's like cool. five. Yeah. Dude, I love Friday yeah. the 13th. Friday, that's like the best ever. Like, I know that yeah. up, you know. But I, I really like Jason really. in the Manhattan because it's, <laughs> there was this uh, um, scene right before the movie gets started. Where this boxer goes up against Jason, Jason just punched him one time. It's like all, like this is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> is that the one where they um? He goes to Manhattan and he go, and he comes comes on the boat. And is then, that where they filmed the music video, like the eighties pyramidal yeah. music video yeah. on the boat? I, yeah, I think, that's a good one. I think I, I think Alice Cooper made a, made a video for that movie. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh. nice well yeah I, I figured scream was probably your favorite one uh travis uh you guys have you, you guys have some merch for of gods and machines that's uh scream related right or is that coming up we're, is that in the works? Uh, we're working on it um yeah we had some hang-ups with it uh making t-shirts to sell like this is a lot more complicated than we thought it was yeah yeah but hopefully if we don't get them out in the time frame we'll still be able to have them available for pre-order cool. for a little while yeah cool can't wait to see them man i'll, I'll yeah, order yeah. one yeah. You're normal. yeah i'm definitely yeah I'm definitely gonna have to order one and yeah. at the time of this recording uh the day that we recorded this the new trailer for the scream movie like just dropped so we're all like giddy and happy about that uh very excited yeah. um but uh so yeah um what what about your favorite like halloween candy what what is your what's your go-to like you got a candy bowl in front of you what's the first and it's just an assortment of all these uh different types of candies what's the first thing you're picking up 
year before last. I don't remember last year, but I remember year before last I was at a party and they had fun size cookies and cream Hershey's. Oh. Mm. And nobody else liked them and they're my favorite candy. Like my favorite like candy bar. Yeah. I okay. picked all of them out and put them in a grocery bag. <laughs> well, they were all yours because no one ate them. Yeah. yeah. But if we're talking themes, probably the pumpkin Reese's. Okay. I can I can testify to that. Yeah, I can testify to that one. Yeah, I've me uh, me and Allie have gotten into a really heated <laughs> debacle because I ate all of her uh, pumpkin Reese's last year. Um, you go to the store, I, man. That was a well, bad move, I, here's the thing: I did it for so I did it for Halloween, and then Christmas rolled around, and they did the Christmas trees. I didn't learn my lesson and I ate of all of her Christmas tree <laughs> pumpkins uh, or a Christmas tree Reese's too. Um, so I had to wait for Valentine's day to roll around before I could really like, and they had the heart shaped ones and I made up for it, yes. but yes. Um, James, what about you? What is your favorite uh, Halloween candy? So I, I don't know if I'm going to start any, any, any trouble and I may not have a co-host after this, but I do love, love candy corn. I don't know why I get so much hate. I'm with you, man. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah it's Because it's, it's either somebody, everybody likes it or everybody hates it. I don't know what, you know, it, it, but it's good. Yeah. Candy corn does not deserve the slander that it is. I know, right? Yeah. It's such a good, yeah. yeah. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Candy so. corn is the nickelback of the Halloween treat. Um, yes. And the only reason that people don't like <laughs> candy corn <laughs> is because the internet told you not to like candy corn. Look so. at him, dude. He's like, uh, oh, fair, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see where you're coming from now. Right, right. It's like people don't like it because the internet told them not to like it. It's not that it's good, it's that it's not bad. <laughs> right. Like it's, Thank it's, you. it's it's like it's, a mid tier candy. It's great. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mid tier, yeah. I've got a little it's bit of horror in there. I'm probably going to snack on it. before I go to bed. Yeah, they're great. The little candy corn esque pumpkins. Mm-hmm. They got one yeah, of those. those? Are solid. Oh my god, I gotta go get me some now. Yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. I love those. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one more that's not in this note here, but um, what is your favorite? What, what was your favorite uh, Halloween costume? All right. <laughs> Same Halloween that I was talking about, the cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hershey's, me and Jordan dressed up as Bob and Linda Belcher. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. With the kids. That nice. was probably my favorite. <laughs> I did a really good Ash Ketchum one time in like first or second grade, though. Ooh, good one. Nice. Yeah. Good one. James, what about you? The only costume that I that I remember is I dressed as a lion one time, one, one time but that was like okay. six years old. Okay, so that was good Halloween. Okay, how about you? Um, I think my favorite uh individual costume mm-hmm. um was I for I think it I think it was Power Rangers. I was like a Power Rangers for the first like six years of my life. Like I was one of the Power Rangers, like with, with whatever series was out, I was, I was guaranteed to be a Power Ranger, but um, it was, uh, oh geez. Oh, Power Rangers Zeo, okay. um, which I think was like the third, maybe the fourth season. Uh, and 
it was like space. It wasn't the space rangers oh, okay. thing, but yeah. it was space related. And they all had the, actually it looks a lot like squid game. Um, <laughs> their helmets did where they had the shapes on them. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but this one was the black ranger, but it had like a gold like, like star on it or something. And I, I just always remember that was a, that was a really cool costume. Um, I'll find it. I have a, I have a, a picture of me and my dad, like, um, like one, one Halloween where I was wearing that. So I'll have to find it and post that, but, um, couples costume, um, probably the Bob Ross and happy little tree. I remember that that one. Allie did. Yeah. That one, that one was really fun. So Allie just wore like a Brown dress and like hot glued leaves all over her. (laughs) And had like and, a picture frame, and you were Bob Ross, right? Bob Ross, yeah. and I was painting my happy little tree. So that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. There you go, awesome. But yeah, so let's let's jump right into it. Let's get started with our creepy pasta here. Um, are you guys all ready? And ooh, you got your your uh, filter on? Yes. Did you put yeah. yours on, Travis? Okay, cool. Cool. I was like, is something wrong with my screen, or did you just put a filter on for your uh, camera? So yeah, for those of you who are watching on the uh, the YouTube channel we've got some like cool lighting that we're (laughs) throwing in here um mine looks terrible but that's okay um travis and james are way more equipped for this kind of thing uh but travis is going to kick us off here um with this first creepypasta um entitled the musician the musician estimated reading time seven minutes name the man sitting across from me asked i coughed My mind had been wandering again. The man looked at me patiently. Name, he repeated again. Edwin, I replied. Edwin Stroud. The man pursed his lips slightly as he checked the papers in front of him. Occupation, he asked. Musician, I replied. His eyes looked up from my papers. Sorry, he said. Musician, I repeated, smiling innocently. Hmm, musician, the man replied patronizing maybe just a bit i was finding it difficult to concentrate well mr stroud why don't you tell me about your music the man was definitely patronizing me now i wasn't sure why i wasn't even sure who he was i struggled to focus my thoughts back as far as i could it's kind of strange when i was a child i still i suffered from extreme melophobia you know what that is the man nodded he was, at, he was looking at me very intently, not looking at me so much as looking into me. <clears throat> well, all throughout my childhood, I had this fear. I would freak out if I heard music, any kind of music. Do you know how difficult that is? How hard it is for your family? TV with the sound off? We use subtitles. No kids parties or days out. I was homeschooled because I would just go berserk at any tune. I had a panic attacks. Music sounded like dragging nails down a blackboard. It had a physical presence, stifling me, battering me with its rhythm. I guess my home life was pretty stressful. My parents started drinking a lot. I couldn't blame them. Who would want a child to ruin their life? A child that, by one way or another, you love unconditionally. Yeah, I guess it was tough. Anyway... As I said, my parents used to drink quite a bit, and I'd hear them shouting as I would go to sleep. That became normal. 
No lullabies, just tension and anger and fear. One night, I remember we did our usual bedtime routine, trying to give my father a hug, him not being able to look at me, and me hugging his leg, his whole body tensed as though it looked as though it took all his willpower not to lash out at me. My mother, smelling of raw alcohol, smothering me with our sarcastic cooing and forced affection. I went to bed and the usual nocturnal arguments began. They soothed me. Then I heard something. I guess it was music. I was half asleep, but the music seemed beautiful. I soon fell asleep, and the music was just a memory. The next day, I asked my father about the music he was playing last night. He said he and my mother had decided to split up because it was a self-destructive situation, that her drinking was way out of hand, and that he had put some music on after she'd gone. I guess it was kind of parting, kind of a parting. He never played that song again. I figured I was over this phobia, but after never hearing music as long as I could remember, it took a huge amount of willpower to actively seek it out. Do go against, or I guess I suppose to say to, to go against everything that my brain was telling me not to do. Like sky like skydiving or bungee jumping, I remember. I must have been about 12. My dad was out and I turned the TV on. I turned the volume up slowly, tentatively. The Sacharani? Sacharani? I don't know. Advert jingle shot like electricity down my spine. It sounded discordant, metallic. It was jarring in its ferocity. I couldn't move. I wasn't over it. I started to panic. I collapsed on the floor. My father found me about an hour later in the fetal position. Rigid with fear and covered with sweat, he got rid of the TV. I blinked, the memories fading fast, and I was back in the room. The man was still staring intently at me, the fluorescent lights reflecting in his glasses. He pushed them up the bridge of his nose slightly and leaned forward, almost imperceptibly. Oh, sorry about that. Then what, he said... As he finished the sentence, his mouth curled in the corner as if he was somehow humoring me by listening to his story, listening to this story. By the time I was 15, my dad was hardly around. He would be out drinking all the time and whatever else he did now that my mom had left. I found I could go out at night. There was less of a chance of idiots with loud car stereos or TV noises even people singing used to make me feel weird. So my dad would be out. And so would I, I was pretty much nocturnal. I would sleep in the day and used earplugs in case the local ice cream band came around and sent me over the edge with its tiny feedback, like howl. I would casually observe people from the safety of the darkness, not like a peeping Tom. I'm not a pervert or anything. I'm nothing, no thing. I should say at this point that where we lived was not far from the edge of town, about half an hour's walk away. And I used to head out on my own in the dark. Doesn't that sound crazy nowadays? And just listen to the night sounds. One night I was out laying on my back, looking at the stars when a car drove past and stopped. 
It was about a quarter of a mile away, I would guess. A man got out, and I could hear the music again. It was sublime. I wept. The melodies were incredible. The car drove off, but the singing remained. I walked toward where the car seemed to have been, but the music had stopped. I was alone in the silence again. I decided to carry a tape recorder with me just in case I heard it again. I mean, I could have listened to most most music, but this... I couldn't listen to most music, but this somehow was different. It didn't terrify or smother. It comforted. It soared. I had to find it again. It was a few months later. I was heading out on my usual nighttime walk when I heard it again. It was somehow different than before. Quieter, too, but still good. I took out my tape recorder and hit the record button, hoping it wasn't too low to register on the rubbish built-in mic. I wandered around trying to find where it came from or where it was coming from, but it just seemed to hover on the air. I looked around, but my only other witness in this search was an old dog resting under a bush, but before I could trace it, it was gone. Over the next few years, I managed to record some more tunes, but they were so rare and fleeting that I started to treasure each cassette and hid them away from my father in case he smashed them like he smashed all the records when I was young. This was my music. So you hid the music from your father? Why was that? The man didn't even seem to be blinking now. He was completely emotionless. Yes, I replied. He wouldn't have understood all these years of not having music in the house and finding my cassettes with beautiful music. It would have been too much for him. He got angry when he was drunk. And he was usually drunk. (laughs) I don't think that's the reason, said the man. Is it? These last two words were very deliberate. Is it? Maybe he thought I was lying about my father. Maybe he thought I didn't even have these wondrous tapes hidden away. We found your tapes, he said. There were lots of them. I knew I wasn't lying. When did you start making your own music? Again, the sarcastic tone. I didn't understand why he he was patronizing me. I smiled. You know, it took a long time to figure it out. I was having to make do with finding these songs just floating in the air. They didn't happen very often, but I would treasure them when they did. Then I found out how to make this music myself. It was not as hard as you think. The tricky part was finding musicians up to the job. Like they say about stories, everybody has one good one in them. Some have more than one. The trick is to get them to make music for as long as possible. That was where I needed to study, to tease these songs out of the chaos of thought, to write longer songs at first, like any musician. I was clumsy. Hours of work might only produce a few chords, maybe the beginning of a melody. I did learn, though, and became more productive. The song started to flow, and I began to fall in love with the music. Because of my condition, I could only work with one musician at a time. I would record what they had to offer, then move on. I would mix the separate recordings together to make whole songs. I had to travel around to find people to work with. And I found talent everywhere. The expression on the man's face seemed to change for the first time. He still looked into me, but now he didn't like what he saw. 
He was done humoring me now. You know, we also found your recording studio. A statement to hang there. Unfinished. Man. Was he waiting for me to add something? Really impressive, isn't it? I replied and smiled again, hoping to diffuse the tension that was quickly rising in the atmosphere. You were certainly busy, the man replied, gritted gritted teeth directly to me before turning to speak into a tape recorder. For the record, I'm showing Mr. Stroud the photos he took at his recording studio. His tape recorder was just like mine. He placed one photo after another on the table in front of me, all taken in a dark and filthy room. In the middle of the room was a sturdy wooden chair with leather straps hanging from the arms and legs. There was a dark patch on the floor. A microphone hung at about head height in front of the chair. One photo of a small tin containing teeth of various sizes. One photo of a severed finger. One of a metal table and various tools. One of a tape recorder. And now the musician. And now the musicians, he said. The photos were falling faster on the table now, as though the man didn't want to even touch them in case he was somehow tainted by them. Photos of bloodied bodies, people of all ages, brutalized beyond recognition. This poor bastard, he said as he threw the last photo down. This poor soul lasted for three days after we found him. He died the day we got you. Oh, yes, he was very resilient, I replied. I had a week's worth of music from him. I smiled again. The man looked at me and I could see his jaw tense. Take him away, he said. Two large men walked through the door and hoisted me to my feet. It's such wonderful music, I said. Beautiful, beautiful music. I was dragged down the corridor back to my room. I fell asleep to the sound of music drifting down the corridors. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You got some chills? That was, was well written, man. That was good. It was. All credit to uh, Sludgy Boy for that one on uh, creepypasta.com. Hey, but you know what I'm going to say? I think more terrifying than the, the story itself was the freaking ads that keep popping up on their website when I was trying oh, to yeah. read along with you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there you go. That was cool. The musician. So the music is just screaming. Yeah music to his ears i believe there was an amir song that was kind of like that um as good well old amir good old amir um travis i just realized that i never sent you like a copy of like what we were reading um so I, fine, I just sent man. that over to you so um that way you're not just like sitting there listening to me ramble um but uh i'll read this next one here uh this this one is called uh old vinyl my grandfather loved music. No matter what time of day or what he was doing, something was always playing on the old phonograph in his cozy living room. I used to come over and help him with little things around the house, like fixing the pipes under the sink or installing a ceiling fan. Uh, and I'd hear Chuck Berry or Miles Davis booming through the house, lighting up the place. He knew every word and sang along until eventually I knew the words too, and I would join him. My entire childhood is compiled of memories just like that, full of music and changing records over. As he got older, it became harder for him to walk, and in turn, it became harder for him to change the albums. Towards the end, I'd find him sitting uh, on the couch with the phonograph, and I would turn it off for him. 
It was the least I could do for him. He'd done everything for me growing up. The last time I saw him, I was turning off the record player and uh, taking out the vinyl so I could just pick it back up and uh, put it back up up in its sleeve. When he jumped up and yelled, don't stop the music, he screamed as he grabbed my wrist and gave me a scolding look. It was very out of character for such a gentle man who never yelled, even in the most stressful of situations. I pulled up his blanket to tuck him in on the couch and put the record in its sleeve. That night, I received a phone call from his neighbor, Miss Lenning. Apparently, she had gotten really nervous and felt like she could, like she should check on my grandfather, which ultimately ended up uh, ended ended in her finding him in uh, finding him in a pool of blood in the kitchen. He had slashes all across his body and was found with a knife tightly gripped in his hand, and his eyes were wide open. I stayed on the line silently while my heart broke. This was very shocking news for me but he had been fighting a battle with dementia for quite some time at that point. And I figured something would happen to him sooner or later, whether it be him falling in the shower or forgetting to eat. He was much too proud to go to a nursing home and he had been in a good mental state until very recently. The funeral service was beautiful and very fitting for him. It was an open casket and I couldn't even tell that the horrific incident had happened. Instead of crying, my family got together and laughed in memory of him watching old home videos and scoping through pictures. Even in his younger, uh, his younger days, he was the same music-loving goof that I had always known. My mother recalled some memories where they had walked through the park on hot summer days or times when he had gotten lost using a GPS. It hurt so bad to know he was gone and so soon after I had seen him last. I hadn't even said goodbye. We met up again weeks later to discuss the will. My grandfather wasn't a very rich man, so we didn't think there'd be much to divvy up. Brenda, my loving daughter, to you, I leave my home. My mother teared up and smiled. Surely thinking of something she had to go, she, she had said to her, surely thinking of something he had said to her long ago. To Lisa, my sister, you have my car. Take care of it. It's vintage, you know. She laughed and then suddenly burst into tears. I assumed it had been an inside joke. Dear God in heaven, what is happening with these freaking ads, man? It's killing me. Um, all right, there we go. I assumed it had been an inside joke between the two of them. Then we reached the very last line. And to Dylan, my gracious, brave grandson, my record collection, and my phonograph, so you can always remember the time that we shared. After reading that, I teared up and my heart broke all over again. Even in death, he was the best grandfather that I could ever ask for. Later that evening, after everyone had retrieved what they were given, we all left to return to our respective homes. I set up the phonograph on my kitchen table. I had no place to put it yet, and placed the shining black record on the, on the table and placed the needle down. Miles Davis was playing all of my memories out loud through the entire apartment. Days and days of ice cream and, ho- and hot homemade dinners and nights of hide-and-seek under blankets. Then the record skipped. You, 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 it repeated over and over. I adjusted the needle and place- placed it back down, it- and it resumed. A couple of songs later, I turned it off and went to bed. The next day, I went to work, walked my dog, and visited my mom to check on her. After my busy day, I came home to use my old record player again. This time, I put in one of the swing albums he had. It had no official sleeve, just paper to cover both sides. I placed the needle down and instantly began to sc- and it instantly began to screech. It was so loud that I became dizzy. It stung my eardrums and my eyes started to water. 
I figured something was wrong with the vinyl. So I gave it a rest for the night. At about 4 a.m., I heard a faint noise coming through the window. I figured I had left the TV on before bed and just forgot to turn it off. I shrugged and wiped away the tiredness from my eyes, heading towards the noise. As soon as I got to the kitchen, I realized the TV was off, but the record player was on. It was skipping, and a record that I had never seen was playing, and it was repeating the same word over and over. R, 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 R. Slightly uncomfortable, I took the needle off the record and went back to bed. After a quick Google search on vinyl care, I, be- I came to the realization that it couldn't be the record. It was virtually untouched and in great condition. Maybe it was the phonograph, I thought to myself. The next day, I went to Jamie's Music, which was a music store near my apartment that does repairs on vintage instruments and music players. I told a balding man behind the counter, see, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why do they have to, why does they have to be balding? For. Anyway, uncalled for. Totally uncalled for. Roasted the um, music man. Right. Uh, behind the counter, uh, the problems that I've been having with the phonograph, and he looked at it intently. It looks vintage, he said, typing the serial number uh, number into his computer. Ah, here it is. The Tumbalt and Jury model. Number four. There are only three in circulation. It's worth a fortune. Can you fix what's wrong with it? I asked him, hoping more than anything. The parts are custom and virtually impossible to find. How about I take it off your hands? He licked his chap lips, and I declined. I promptly left. I figured if it were really broken, I could just leave it alone and keep it as a token of remembrance of my younger days. And maybe one day I'd give it to my grandson. Later that night, I woke up in a cold sweat, figured it had been a nightmare, and I, but I couldn't remember what I had seen. Then I heard it again. The loud screeching noise shook my bedroom door and didn't seem to be anywhere near stopping. My door was clicking back and forth on its hinges. No, I'm sorry. Okay. I ran out of the kitchen and stared at the table. I didn't remember plugging in in the record player, but after almost having my inheritance ripped off, I was a little distracted. I raised the needle and turned off the machine. As I was walking away, I heard a quiet sound coming from the record player. Dead. 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 My heart jumped out of my chest as soon as I made made out the word. As soon as I made out the words being repeated, the record player wasn't even on, and yet it was threatening me. I moved the record player into the spare room and closed the door tight. I went into the living room and fell asleep to a talk show with two men talking about the importance of the bald eagle. (laughs) Suddenly, the screen contorted into static, and I could hear a quiet voice. I moved closer to the screen. It sounded like an old man crying. Don't stop the record. I heard it so very faintly, so I moved in even closer. The crying turned to wailing don't stop the record i jumped off my couch and hit the floor screaming i realized it was morning now and i must have fallen asleep i spent the morning thinking about what had happened was it all a nightmare it would add up except for the fact that i woke up on the couch i didn't have time to worry for too long so i didn't my nightmare had told me not to stop the record so i just put the nearest vinyl on and uh, found the newest nearest vinyl and put it on repeat just for safe measure at work, my coworkers noted how, how tired I looked, and I did feel noticeably more exhausted than I, would, than I usually would. I walked into the bathroom, the bathroom to check my face and to see if I really looked as terrible as they said. I looked at my face and realized that I looked much thinner, and my cheekbones were more pronounced, and my eyes were complemented with dark swirls of purple lining my eyelids. I looked so tired. After the bathroom, 
I feigned being nauseous to my boss so I could, I, excuse me, I faked being nauseous to my boss so I could go home and sleep. Maybe I just needed a couple of hours just to rest. As I headed up to my apartment, I heard the screech again. This time it was so ridiculously loud that I was forced to my knees, screaming on the top of my lungs. I couldn't even hear my own yelling. Yet, I saw everyone else in my complex walking around just casually. Couldn't they hear it? I pushed through and made it to my door. The sound was so intense, I started shaking in pain. I hurled my door open. The record player was sitting on the table again, and not in the guest room where I had left it. I had to stop it. I just had to. I ripped out the record and smashed it. In my relief, I went to my bedroom. As I was walking, I saw the shadow of the phonograph, but it was different than I had seen before. Out of the tube, there was a twisted hand. I turned around and looked and looked, and there was a clawed and nasty arm poking out of the tube. You shouldn't have stopped the record. The voice sounded strained and very clear. I ran to my spare room and took out my wooden baseball bat that I had bought a few summers ago and ran back. The arm was fully out, and the crown of a head was poking out. A horn. Uh, sorry. Um, a horn was visible from where I was standing. I smashed down as hard as I could on the record player. Laugh followed, laughing following each swing. Not a visible mark was, was made. I looked at the record on, on the player and realized that it had no label. I thought back to the other records, record screeching occurrences. Both had been with the same record. Could there be a connection? I looked under the table and saw bitches brew and tossed it in the player. I slammed down the needle and turned the volume up. Um, sorry. and turned the volume up heavy sax and powerful drums overpowered the room and calmed me suddenly everything felt like it was in the right place all of a sudden and I wasn't afraid the music cut suddenly I love you Dylan I heard through the record player I love you too grandpa I just sat back through the tears I said back through the tears excuse me I heard my grandfather using all his strength to pull whatever was crawling out of that record player back in the music started back right where I'd left off. The demon disappeared, shriveling and becoming a cloud of black dust sucked into the tube like a pile of dirt in a small tornado. Days later, I told my family and friends about the incident, and of course, they shrugged it off as a delusion from lack of sleep. So I just stopped talking about it. Eventually, I started feeling better, and my face went back to how it had been. Everything just slipped back into place perfectly. I moved on, found a girl, got married, and had some kids. Now my children are fully grown adults and have children of their own. I've had this phonograph for 40 years now, and I've never stopped the music since. But I'm starting to get older, and it's getting harder to change the record. Whoa! Whoa. Haunted spooky. phonograph! Ah, spooky dooky phonograph. James, what do you think about that? I would have sold it to the old bald guy. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of the bald guy? Yeah, so like, like, I don't know what the bald guy so was. Maybe, maybe he, he, he was George totally, Costanza or something. I don't know. Totally uncalled for. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I would have. Uh, it's because he was a scammer, dude. They wanted to make him seem uh, real greasy. Yeah, yeah it I, right. I would have started to do it anyway. You know, I don't know. It's just, maybe yeah. it's just, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, cool. Yeah, that was the the, the old vinyl. Uh, James old is all about some vinyl. I'm all about some vinyl. We Travis, better watch our record players, man. Yep. 
We better watch our record players. That's right. So okay, so this is okay. Good. Okay, so this okay. The James okay. is up next. Jay, I'm up next, sir. You're right. Okay. You're on a better website that you're reading this one off of, by the way, because this one doesn't have near the god awful ads that creepypasta.com has. So. Well, I just clicked um, the one thing that uh, I'm on Creepypasta Wiki. Yeah, I should have just looked up all these on Creepy Creepypasta Wiki because they're so much better. So okay. maybe I'll do that for okay. the next little bit. There you go. <laughs> okay, so this one's called a music box. Ooh. Yeah. Those are creepy anyway. Like they, those are creepy to begin with. They are. They're very, very creepy. All right, okay, Love so them. the attic was extremely dusty and smelled of of some form of mold, but at the very least. It had a window at the end, which illuminated the area enough to see. Unfortunately, all Cam saw, all Cam saw, was boxes upon boxes, undoubtedly full of the most useless plethora of ancient items in existence. She sighed to herself, thankful that she had hadn't inherited her mother's pack rat ways. She picked up a box of at random and opened it, releasing a cloud of dust. After a short season fit, she began sorting through it. As she had suspected, uh, there wasn't much to see. Most of the box contents seemed to be old magazines. She had more luck with the second one, uh, which contained uh, several old photo albums, probably owned by her grandmother. She decided that those would be worth looking into later on. The rest of the afternoon was much of the same. Open the box, toss its content contents to it into a get rid pile, rinse and repeat. She was grateful though. Whenever the the monstrous work was punctuated by an interesting discovery, an old piece of jewelry here. And a handful of photos there. It was dull work, but it was something to do. She pushed aside the, a box containing several shattered china plates. It was a shame, since there, since they probably would have been worth something had they not had been in decent condition. She reached for the last box, newspaper, old newspaper. She pulled out a piece and tried reading it, it was faded, but she could make out the, the date, June 27th, 1921, really old newspaper paper. It's very old. Yeah. She pulled it out of the box after, after, she pulled it out piece after piece, after piece. finally she could see the object of the newspaper that was protecting it from damaging, a music box. She lifted it gingerly from its resting place. It was ornate and de- decorated. Curious, Cam lifted the lid of the box. A tiny, intricate, carved ballerina stood on a little pedestal, along with a tiny key, which presumably was meant to wind it. Cam knelt for the Cam knelt for Cam knelt there for a while, simply staring at the music box. She gently picked it up and the key and inserted it into the small hole on the front of the box. 
She turned the key a few times, making it making the sound of winding clockwork. She let go of the ballerina, and the and the and the ballerina began to twirl as the music began to play. It was a simple tune, the kind one would expect from a music box. Still, Cam was enchanted by it. She gazed at the bo- at the spinning ballerina. The rest of the world seemed to slowly fade away. Her mind was concentrated on the box. Cam was drawn back into reality by her mother's voice calling her. She simply alerted Cam that she was heading to the supermarket. Cam gave her the okay and placed the, placed the music box, which had wound down, back into the cardboard box which it had been, been stored. Feeling a little groggy, she decided that she should probably take a ba- take take a break. She grabbed the photo albums from earlier and decided and descended down the stairs into the house proper. She sat down on the couch in the living room and began fl- flipping through al- through one of the albums. A few minutes later, she caught herself humming the the music box song. Odd since she wasn't normally the kind of person who was prone to humming. Yet, she didn't stop herself. She kept softly humming the song to herself. There was something soothing about it. About 20 minutes later, her mom came home carrying a a pair of brown paper bags in her arms. Cam stood up to assist her mother, but nearly fell right back down. Her head seeming to be spinning. She tried to shake it off. She tried to assist her mom with the groceries, but her help was denied. Her mother made a, made a comment about how she looked pale, and she probably and she probably should head home. Cam made no objection as she slowly ex- exited the house and made her way to the car. She briefly wondered if she was in any condition to drive, but she was suddenly distracted. Music. That same music from before was playing, but louder. She decided that it must have been an ice cream truck and got and got in the car. As she drove home, the music continued to loop in her head over and over. It played. She tried turning on the radio so as to tune the music out of her head. But but to no avail. But to no avail. It was driving. It was driving her up the wall. She practically ran into the house as soon as she got home. She immediately turned on her TV, radio, computer, and everything else that made a made the semblance of noise, anything to drown out the music. But it just kept playing louder in her head, over and over, louder and louder. Her senses grew down. Her head felt like as though it was going to explode, but the music complained and it kept growing louder. Suddenly, all of her willpower, Cam struggled to her kitchen. She reached, she reached, uh, pulled open the drawer and fumbled around inside, inside it for a moment. Finally, pulling out a carving knife, exhausted, she fell to the floor. She gazed at the. At, at, she gazed at the knife, breathing heavily. 
The music kept playing louder in her head. She just wanted to stop, but it kept playing over and over and over. Ooh, man. That's it. We've got a lot of paranoia going on uh, with these stories, man. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. Hell yeah. So have y'all. Uh, yeah, have James, you, you lucked out. That was a lot better. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I thought your story was, was a great one. Oh, well, thank so you. So it's a music box. It's a, it's a music yeah. box you heard. That, that kept drives on you insane. Inter- yeah. Interfering with her head. That's weird. I don't blame her. Yeah. It drives like, me insane, too. They creep me it's out. It's like the movie like The Lighthouse, but in short form. Right. I've yet to see that. That's with uh, Robert Downey Jr., right? And no. uh, Willem Dafoe. It's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are the only two oh, people. Robert, I said, I said I, yeah, my bad. Robert Pattinson. I, I'm bad. not going to lie. I was one of the Robert Pattinson doubters for Batman. But when I watched The Lighthouse, I watched it before the Batman trailer came out. I didn't even realize it was him through like half the movie. Yeah. He's a good actor, man. He is a good actor. I stand behind the decision to cast him as Batman. It's a 100%. weird movie, though. It's like yeah. it's black and white, and it's in four three aspect ratio. Right? Yeah, I heard it's a so little like trippy. You start, you start watching, it, you're like, "What the hell is this?" And then, <laughs> no, <laughs> got to stick with it. Oh, we're not supposed to do that anymore. Stick with it. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, cool. Thanks for reading that one, James. Um, I'll take this next one here. It's called The Music Man. My grandpa, another grandpa story. Uh, My grandpa was a good man. Served as a soldier. (laughs) Like a lot of old guys did. Married a beautiful wife and carried on his family name. I remember the times I'd spend with him. Sometimes when my mom and dad wanted to get away from us kids for a while, grandpa would always have a smile on his face when he saw me. I couldn't help but smile with uh, smile with him. It made me feel loved, warm, and in a strange sense. It would rain a lot where my grandpa lived. He and I would sit outside under the hood of the awning, listening to the rain. That's it. That's all we would do. We just listen to every drop, every speck hit the roof and the deck. I enjoyed those times, and I missed them. But as good as my grandpa was on the surface, something changed him. I was about 14 at the time. And my grandpa asked if I could help him clean out the attic of his house. The attic door hadn't been open for years, maybe decades even. My grandpa was planning to sell a lot of the stuff up there. Mostly old clothes, lamps, a coat rack or two. I was dusting things off with him, both of us now being in the attic space, when I noticed that my grandpa was holding on to something. He stood quiet and still looking down at an object in his hand. What you got there, granddad? I asked him. He turned to notice me. Looks like a little box. I don't remember seeing this up here. He then gave it to me to look at. For the most part, it seemed like an ordinary box. I began to mess around with it when all of a sudden it opened up. It was a square cubed music box, but an odd one. Instead of something like a ballerina or an animal as the turning figure, there was instead nothing. No figure, not even a turning screw. Well, that's a damn shame. What's that paper say? Grandpa pointed to the paper in the box. It took me a second to notice. I looked down and picked up the paper from the box. 
Grandpa took the box out of my hand and as I unfolded the paper and began to read it, I read aloud. He waits as long as he needs to, but be as, but but be quick so he doesn't hear you. Ask him a question, he will tell. He will make you into a hollow shell. His telling is easy to hear and understand. Beware the song of the music man. The hell was that supposed to mean, Grandpa asked. Don't know. Is this Grandma's? I asked. Shit, if I know, Sonny. Come on, put the paper back in there and we'll see if anyone wants to buy it. Grandpa said as we continued to sift through the old junk from before. I thought the music box was odd, but nothing more of it. The garage sale that day went well, but the music box went unsold. Not a single person touched it, let alone looked at it. All throughout that entire day, not a single person toyed with it. Not even a little kid played with it. I kept giving it a glance here and there, but couldn't shake the feeling that something was was a part of that box. The day was good, but the future said different. About 10 years later, my grandma passed away from ovarian cancer. Grandpa was hit hard the most. After the funeral had ended, he stood at the foot of my grandma's grave, looking down, not shedding a tear. The rest of us cried, but he just stared on. At the uh, after the funeral, I never heard from my grandfather for months. I never heard from my grandfather for months. As it makes sense, going on going on a year, um, I tried calling him at least once a week, but I never got an answer. My dad went over to his house to make sure he was still alive, which he was, but he never came outside the door to show my dad how he was doing. My dad kept doing this until one day, Grandpa didn't say anything. Dad rushed into the house, running up the stairs to my grandpa's room to see a sight worth forgetting if I could. My dad called me up and told me the news. I went over as fast as I could to see my grandpa, at least the parts I could recognize. Grandpa committed suicide with a 12-gauge shotgun in the mouth on his bed. Brains and blood were littered everywhere. The sight of it was more than what my stomach could take. Police came in, took the body, and got statements from my dad and me. Everyone eventually cleared out of the room, leaving myself alone with the blood-stained bed. I dropped to my knees, crying, curling my face into my hands. It had started to rain that day, too. My eyes caught something familiar in their sight. The music box. I stood up and walked over to it. It had a note sitting under it. I wiped off the tears of my face and opened the box. It was my grandpa's handwriting, but it only had one single line. He came. I took the music box home with me that day. I opened the music box again and took the paper out and took out the paper from, from before. The lines remained the same, but I remember there was a few more words on the back of it. I turned it around again and began to read aloud in what sounded like a ritual. If you wish to summon him, first you will need a room with space. Then you will need to divide the room into two halves with salt. Then you must take a circle of salt near the center line. This will determine which side you will own. Next, you must balance the darkness and light in the room. Your side may as be as lit as you see forth, whether bright or faint, but you must have light on you or around you. The other side of the room must remain dark. It is best to do this in the dead of night. This will be his side. You're not allowed to break the salt midline, unless invited. Once you have done all the tasks above, you can begin to ask him a question. Ask any question you wish. He will always answer. Open the music box and write down a question for him to answer. Fold and place the music, excuse me, fold and place the paper into the box and wind it up while also placing the music, uh, while placing the box inside the circle of salt. Wait patiently for the music to end. As the music man 
will then be able to answer your question. Then the music box will start playing its music once again, signaling that he answered your question. The box will return to its previous position to await for you to see your answer. Repeat this again in order to get more answers. But remember this, the more you ask, the more, the more to know, he will grow. I didn't hesitate for a second. An urge inside me told me to get to work. I wanted to know. That's what drove me, knowledge. I didn't care what the price. I had to know. I cleaned out a guest room and everything as the paper said. Waited about, waited until about two in the morning uh, to start asking. I walked into the room. It was quiet, dead silent. My side, my side had a couple of lamps while the other was pitch black, pretty much dividing the room into two even halves. The salt circle was visible, but faint. My best guess is that it acted like a portal for him, allowing him to peer into my side, but only for a split second to answer the question. I opened the music box and folded a piece of paper with my fist question, with my, with my first question, excuse me, not my fist question. That's gross. My first question, are you here? I took the music box, winding it up and placed it into the salt circle. I took a seat on the floor and just stared at the box. My heart sounded loud in the silence. And I could feel a bead of sweat dripping down my face. The music lullaby of the box was creepy to say the least. At first it started quite normal, childlike even. But then it slowed and the pitch grew louder and louder to the point where it sounded like it was laughing in a way. The music box started up again. I was surprised but shocked in fear. Something moved in the darkness on the other side of the room. I couldn't get a good look at it, but I could tell that a figure was now sitting on the other side not moving or twitching an inch. Couldn't see if it was human, but it was a shape, and it was pretty big, at least six feet tall sitting. I sucked up my fear and slowly walked over to the music box. I bent down, still looking into the shadows of the figure. I picked up the box and slowly started heading back. I took my seat, opened the box, and saw that a new piece of paper had been placed in the box. I unfolded the paper and took a big gasp of air. I got my answer. He was there. The music man was with me. I tore off a piece of the newspaper, of the, excuse me, of the new paper, and asked the other question, how much do you know? I repeat what I did before, placing the, back, the box back into the center of the salt ring. This time, I could see a black arm reach out for the music box. The arm didn't look human to me. It was too thin and skinny, but pure black. It was also bony with long fingers, at least seven inches long. The box was placed... Back in the circle, the music was playing. I walked over again, keeping my eyes on the figure, but also beginning to notice subtle movement in the shadows. He didn't seem to be alone. Or were those instead more arms, legs, tentacles? Hell if I knew. I sat down and opened the music box. I got another answer. Everything. I tore off another piece and wrote down another question to test this claim. Why do I like rainy days? Again, I repeat what I did before. The same arm reaches over, uh, takes the box, and places it back in the circle. It started to get a little more comfortable. It's odd, even insane, but it was a feeling I couldn't deny. I opened the box, took out the paper, and dropped the box entirely. I made a break for the door, slamming it shut behind me and running straight into my room, locking the door behind me. I sat on my bed, shaking. The answer shook inside me, shook me inside, Shook, uh, shook me like an abused child, like a cold, harsh fear. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. In the morning, I mustered up some courage and went into the room where I was making the, where I was asking the music man questions. 
I walked over to the music box, picking up the piece of paper next to it. The paper still read the same. Grandpa. The next night went the same. This time I could not only see when he was there, but also when he arrived. I wrote down another question. What are you? I took the music box over to the circle. I waited and waited and waited for what seemed minutes without end. Then the music box sounded off once again. I took it and sat back, sat back down, opening it. The answer read, you have no word for me. Therefore, I am nothing you have ever seen. I asked another question, establishing, establishing some sort of rhythm to the whole process. Question, was there a God? Answer, there have been many, but only before. Question, is there an afterlife? Answer, yes, there is one. Question, how long have you been alive? Answer, your question is worded incorrectly. I was never alive. Question, why do I keep asking you questions? Answer, you're afraid. The last answer got to me. Afraid? What am I afraid of? Then I saw the arm from before reach out and tap the inner circle of salt. Curious, I asked that same question, waiting for a response. He answered back normally, and I took a look in the box. Death. Suddenly, I began to feel cold. I began to feel sad, depressed even. I felt as if the world had turned its back on me. I felt like my family saw me as a failure, including my grandfather. I thought about how disappointed he'd be if, if he were looking at me, at me right now. Question. Did my grandpa speak to you? Answer. Yes. Question. What did he ask you? Answer. About his wife. Question. Can I speak to him? Answer. The dead can't speak without mouth, without a mouth. Question. Why am I afraid? Answer. You wish to know, but regret being told. You fear me because you wish to know me. You are the reason you are afraid, like a mirror of fear. I simply hold it. Tears began to roll down my face again. I pulled out of the paper. I pulled out the paper and wrote down one more question. Can you take it away? He answered back, yes. Then do it, I said loud again. The hand stretched out again, tapping the floor. Bullshit! I threw the music box after winding, up a, after winding it up to his side of the room. I was expecting it to hit the wall, but I never heard a sound. Instead, I heard what sounded like a twisted chuckle. The music box silenced, and I was placed into the circle again, and was placed into the circle again. I went over to it, opened it, and read the answer out loud. Come to me, the answer said. I looked into the darkness, making out a massive figure standing up, gesturing something to me. I held the music box in my hand and began to slowly walk into the darkness. The lamps on my side were beginning to burn out as darkness began to slowly fill the room like a cloud of poison. The closer and closer I got to the music man, I began to feel numb. My entire body felt like it was fading away, being taken away. I didn't feel sad or even depressed anymore, nor did I feel fear. Instead, I only felt numb. If you can even feel numbness without anything else for reference, I felt apathetic. I had the, I had the knowledge of the music man. The only thing left were my arms, but they weren't even mine anymore. They were his. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's strange. I don't know. I it's don't kind know. of depressing. Yeah. It's like, kind well, of a bummer like of a story. Like it's not a even like a creepy pasta. That was just depressing. Well, see, that's that what just like that. Well, yeah, that wasn't really yeah. scary. That wasn't really scary. It just <laughs> kind of bummed me out. I'm sorry, everybody. I should have pre-read that. Yeah. It just, it just <laughs> it had music in the title. Yeah. 
I thought it'd be great. <laughs> Music man, it's just the ghost of Ernie Ball, dog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific joke. Ah. That's a guitarist joke. Right. I got a lot of those. <laughs> You're looking right. at it. No, oh. <laughs> 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 ah, so what you did there, Travis. You want to take uh, you want to take this next one here? Hell yeah! All right, this one is called Radio Music. Ooh, radio Gaga. Radio Star. Radio. It's green, right? I bet Radio killed the. No, radio, what's the what's the song? Video, video killed, killed the Radio, radio Star. Star. Yeah. I'm actually going to grab another um, drink real quick. I'll be like, go ahead. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah you're good. Did the, What's um, the uh, time on that the one? The time James? thing is 119. One hour, 19 minutes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I didn't even hit the thing. Um, oh, it's, um, don't worry about it. It's all right. I didn't all... realize it until after we had started. All I was like, righty. Oh, it's the, all good, man. The timers. I had no idea. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Like I said before, I love editing, so it's all right. Yeah, you got a lot to edit this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. Not so much with like the story, my story, my first one for sure, with all the pausing and well, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But I tried to write down as much of those um, as possible. But we're gonna have to say something to brighten everybody's spirits because I don't think this is <laughs> this is a lot of a lot of killing and stuff. It's terrible. Music. Yeah, it's, it is very, very depressing. But hey, we got a we got a mental health minute at the end of this thing. So there you go. We'll, we'll bring it on. Tight. Mental oh, health music. We'll don't listen to this. <laughs> don't listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm going all to right. tell this Take story to you all. All right. <laughs> I'm going to tell this story to you all so you can understand what I've been going through. Obviously, no one would believe me. But I'm tired of keeping it deep down inside of me. No matter what is said, the only thing you will read here is the truth. I don't really know where it all began. So I'll just start 10 years ago. I was 13 years old at the time, and my dad had nothing to do. Me and my dad, oh, my dad and I had nothing to do during the summer. We had thought of going camping, so we bought a fairly affordable trailer. I wasn't that interested in camping much. I was always an inside person, if you get what I mean. I would just lounge around in my room playing video games. I would watch TV, eat Cheetos, or just sleep for hours on. But when we got to the campground... I know, right? It sounds rad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> let's see uh i got tra- i was astonished the campground was large and beautiful with trailers everywhere we had a lot of fun we went fishing and roasted marshmallows on the campfire they had a large pool and even a lake to swim in i don't think i've ever had so much fun as i did back then after the camping trip we went to a to a lot more of them every year it had been the most fun thing to do during the summer for me But that all went downhill six years ago. Six years ago, something happened. Um, Something that I, to this day, still can't figure out. Summer had finally come, and I was excited to go camping. My dad had actually booked a campground, a pretty cheap one. It was at Pennsylvania. 
which was hours away from where I lived. It didn't look as cool as our first camping trip, but I was fine with it. I was thrilled that we were going camping again. We got in the car first thing on a Friday morning and drove off. It was quite a long ride, but we eventually got there. I looked out the window when my dad woke me up. The campground did indeed look old and a little decaying, but it still had a sense of coziness in it, so I gave it a try. The nature did make up for other views of the campground. There was only one swimming pool and a lake, despite what I'd despite what I'd seen so far, I was quite surprised to see that our campsite still looked fairly nice. It had a rusted old iron ring for the campfire and plenty of space. My dad told me to check out the pools, the lakes, and basically everything else. I pondered around the dirty lake as I saw that it was getting pretty late. I decided on going back to the trailer and going to bed. I let out a faint yawn as I went back to the trailer and went to bed. It was so comfortable that I fell asleep instantly. But this isn't the point. The campground being old was not the problem. It was when I woke up in the middle of the night. I was awoken. I heard a noise, a loud one. It sounded like it came from a radio. It was just music, I thought to myself, but it didn't sound much like music. It sounded horrendous and nasty. It's just five finger death punch, man. <laughs> Chill. Yeah. <laughs> there was, but there was something familiar about the song that I couldn't figure out. It didn't stop. And it was getting really loud. I tried to ignore it, but I couldn't. But I couldn't. I tried to cover my ears and use earplugs, but those didn't work either. It just got louder and louder. When I looked outside the window, I could see nothing. So I woke up my dad so he could find out where the music was coming from. He looked a little mad and uh, <laughs> mad that I woke him up, but sighed and went to open the window. He told me he could hear nothing and that I was probably dreaming. Couldn't hear anything. What did that mean? I certainly heard it, but I was too tired to argue with him. And he too was tired. That's worded weird. Yeah. He too was tired <laughs> to argue dudes, with like, me. The way they yeah. write these things were really weird. <laughs> So I went back to bed and covered my ears. The music slowly stopped, and with a sigh of relief, I fell asleep. It didn't end there, though. The music played again every night, loudly, and woke me up. I was getting tired of the music. The fact that it played the same song every night made me shake a bit. I decided I would find out myself where the music was coming from. (sighs) But Dad obviously wouldn't go out in the cold to find out who was playing the music. So I was alone. Oh man. Bad decisions. I went outside the trailer quietly, trying not to wake my dad. It was unusually cold that night, but I could get through it. I peered around the site, trying to find where it all had been coming from. Nothing, no lights out, no noise, except for the radio noises. There was one thing I noticed. Something that hadn't been something that hadn't been there when I looked out the window when I usually heard the noises. There was a red light coming from within the woods. The radio noises became clear to me. And I could finally see that it was coming from the red light. So as planned, I decided to follow the light. 
hoping to give these people a piece of my mind. <laughs> I went into the dark, creepy woods. There were branches and mud puddles everywhere. So it was hard for me to get around. This was ridiculous. I can't believe this guy was making me jump through hell to get to him to turn off music. To get him to turn off music. I thought I was just being stupid. Before I decided to go back. Sorry, guys. I finally got to the light. Coffee. The light was shining above the garage uh, of an old cabin. The cabin was creepier than the site of the old campground I had left. It was covered in moss and it was wet. <laughs> it's always creepy when it's wet. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. There's no one in the garage, so I went to the other side to find out where. What? There was no one in the garage, so I went to the other side to find out where. When I found a window, I looked inside and saw a man. His face was covered in oil and blood together. He was wearing jeans, a white shirt with sweat marks, and was very skinny. I saw the radio next to him playing the, the same music, along with a few dusty old knives. They were covered in blood. I covered my mouth with my hands with regret. I had no idea what he was doing with those knives. And I didn't want to know. I could not bear it any longer. As I made my plan to run away and get back to the trailer, I saw the man turn his face to me. He was looking at me, staring into my eyes. There was sweat covering my entire body and my heart was racing. I could not stop shaking. When I saw that his eyes were of demons, all red. Mm. But I made my decision to run home as fast as I can and call the police. I did not have my cell phone with me at the time. He put his hands on a gigantic axe and swung it at something on the ground. It made a noise as if it cut through flesh. But again, I didn't want to know. I could have just witnessed a crime scene, a kidnapping, or God knows what. Then he slowly turned his head to me. He gave me a grin and smiled at me. That was when I finally ran from him. I tried my hardest to run as fast as I could. I wasn't very focused on the puddles and sticks all around my path, so I tripped and landed on a rock. I don't really remember what happened between when I fainted and the time I woke up the next morning in my bed. I sat up on my bed for a moment. Many thoughts circled my head, such as, what had happened? Why did I wake up in my bed? When I asked my dad if he moved me to my bed, he gave me a face of confusion and shook his head. But what if the man carried me back here? If he did, then why? I had large doubts that this was real. I couldn't keep thinking about it. I was getting sick in my stomach. That was the only thing that kept me from dialing 911. We left the campground in the usual way but during the car ride my dad was starting to think i didn't have fun on the trip i just looked outside the window during the entire ride not able to relax or fall asleep during the following months after the trip we didn't go camping that much anymore he didn't want to take me because i looked too scared to go or too sad i couldn't eat i couldn't sleep my grades at school were plummeting i saw myself getting depressed over what happened and i was losing a lot of weight Basically, I had nightmares. Whenever I was in my bed at night, I always thought I felt him touch me, touching me. Sometimes I even saw him outside my window. 
my parents were very scared about me indeed so they <laughs> took me to a therapist come on man <laughs> couldn't even the therapist Dramatic. couldn't even help me because he didn't know what i had gone through he just told me my parent he just told my parents that i was a teenager going through natural things they were forced to accept that despite how scared they were for me why didn't I just ignore the music? I felt bad that they were going, felt bad about what they were going through. The trauma was just driving me insane, and it felt too real to be a dream. You aren't supposed to see shit like that, like this at teenagehood. Teenagehood? Teenagehood, what the f- <laughs> I am 23 now. <laughs> Over, Overlooking back on what happened, I decided to go back to that decomposing old camp ground to investigate it was closed and abandoned to my surprise so i climbed over the metal fence and into the campground metal fence i looked around and saw a few old demolished cabins a few deer hopping by i always remembered our site number which was 056 When I I arrived at our old camping spot, I retraced my steps to the old cabin deep in the woods. I was very surprised when I saw the cabin, exactly as I had saw it that night four years ago. When I looked in, I saw nothing. Nothing. There wasn't even any proof of blood or marks on the walls. I hadn't felt so great in the years in years to find out I only had a nightmare but then I looked behind me and saw a small radio on the table I pressed the button on the radio and it turned on to the song Young Girl I smiled for a second because that was my father's favorite song he would play on his CD player almost all the time I chuckled for a minute then I realized something I decided to hit the radio a little bit Then it reversed, and it all came to me. That was the same song that had kept me up at night ten years ago, but deeper and in reverse. I looked at the ground next to the radio and saw a little skeleton half decomposing. It was a child's. Whoa! Whoa! How the hell do you just notice... Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't notice the decomposing body uh, when you walked in, or the smell, or anything like that. It was after it took a yeah. Now you not notice that. Good point. Um, close. So was the strikeout? Was the dad the the killer? That was the. I didn't even understand the whole story. Y'all, I'm just gonna be straight up. I felt like that's where it was going. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. They didn't. They didn't really specify that. I don't think. But uh, um, maybe we can reach out to Rhino the Bush, uh, who wrote that, and um, see if maybe we can get an answer. I think that might have been the dad. Maybe the dad. But wait, did they establish who we were? Like who? As the reader, who are we? Were we the child? Are we a ghost? I think he was telling this the the he was doing the retelling to us okay okay all right cool all right spooky dookie um 
let's move on. James, you want to? Uh, spooky dicky. Yes. You want to do another one? That's spooky dicky, dude. <laughs> All right. All right. So this one is called "The Music from the Playroom." I don't like I don't like playrooms. What? No child should have a playroom. What classifies as a playroom? Is it his own room or just a separate room for the playroom? To play in. Yeah, I think you should just learn to be content with your room that you have. There you go. And play with things that are in that room go. instead of having a separate room. Because this that's why these things happen. It's because of this right here. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> okay, so this is called The Music from the Playroom. Uh, at the risk of oversaturating you with the tales of weirdness from my life, uh, here is another small thing that's happening. It sounds like I'm telling the story, but I'm not. Uh, you know. Um, I had actually forgotten about this one until after I posted the second story and was telling my husband a few of the weird things that, that had happened in the past. About 16 years ago, my mother hired a nanny uh, to look after my little sister and myself. Both she and my father worked long hours and frequently had to go on business trips. So they wanted to live with us for when they had to catch the early morning flights or ended up getting caught in traffic or working late. We were due to move from the middle of the UK to further up north as a result of my mother's of my mother deciding to get a local nanny, which made me a lot more, which made a lot more sense than forcing someone from the Midlands to drive home in rush hour to traffic every weekend. My mother uh, took me to meet, let's call her Susan, at the at the prepared spot. Uh, her references were good. Uh, she got along with with me and my mother and decided to offer her the job, and then and there. Right then and there. I don't trust. No, I don't either. I don't trust it. No. Uh, things were fine to begin with, uh, but there were lots of odd things uh, that would crop up every once in a while. The first few we shrugged off. She turned up on her first day with all of her hair shaved off. Weird, but okay. It's her hair. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. You know. Um, she, yeah, yeah. I mean. Totally. Right. She pulled a Britney. <laughs> she too, yeah, yeah. And maybe that fair, you know? Who knows? It's good to be about Brittany. Yeah. Maybe that's why they call her Susan. There we go. She took up. She took us to the circus. My sister loved it up, up until the clowns came out. She was terrified, and it was me who had to leave the tent with her. I was weird, weird phrasing. Uh, when we got home, my sister was put to bed after a simple dinner of stew whilst I was forced to eat gruel. Uh, I refused and was made to sit at the table until my father got home. The move went smoothly and we settled in our new schools. And that's when Susan started to talk to me in the afternoons while I did my homework at the table. She told me about her sister, who was a little older than me, and how she hated living with her dad, and how her mother was dead. Wow. Uh, some, pretty, yeah. uh, some pretty hard-hitting stuff for a 12-year-old. Susan began to tell me stories 
while my sister was listening to about how her mother sent them, still sent them messages from time to time from the great beyond. Mm. I was skeptical as far as I knew uh, when you were dead, you were ha- you were went to heaven, or whatever you believed in, and stayed there. I didn't contact her though. I nodded, and she asked questions about her sister instead. But somehow, uh, the conversation always returned to her mother. The afternoon, it all came ahead, was very sunny and warm. I remember her telling me how her mother used to sing his song whenever uh, she was sad. The You Are My Sunshine song. I decided that I had enough enough being creeped out from one day and started started out of the kitchen. Dragged my sister along with me. She caught up she caught up to us by the door. You believe me, don't you? Okamon? Oh Omicon? I don't oh. I don't know. Uh when is that a Pokemon? Is that is that a Pokemon? It's a Digimon. Digimon. Okamon. Oh okay. Uh, whenever I'm sad, my mother plays that song for me. At that point, one of my sister's toys began to play a twangy electronic tune in the bathroom behind me. Yep, you guessed it, my little sister's toy started playing You Are My Sunshine. My sister sister gripped my hand tightly and whimpered my name as I stared at Susan and this awful, awful smile of triumph on her face. I calmed my sister down, taking her to the playroom and explaining how her toy's batteries were broken as we searched it out trying to, to, trying to turn it off. The entire time, Susan stood in the doorway smiling at the song. My mother requested that she uh, leave not long after that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so they 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 hired this nanny, and, uh-huh. and this nanny uh-huh. told, was was telling them stories from what I gathered. And so I, I yeah yeah it's, it's weird. You can't trust the Susan. Um, I I think that Susans are becoming the new Karens. Um, and uh, Susan in the sense of being creepy. If you ever have a Susan somewhere involved uh, in a horror story. They are the ones that did it. They are the ones that cannot be trusted. Um, especially, I knew that's where we were going to when they said, we'll call her Susan. Yes. You know, so I wonder what that's all about. Right. wonder what Susan's real name was. I don't know. Probably Nancy. Okay. All right. Probably Nancy. You're right. Nancy's the, Probably scar- something like that. Nancy's like the most scariest name ever made. I yeah. think. Cause that's, I agree. Because that's... That's like a really old timey name, you know. Nancy, come here. Yeah. I don't like the word. Sorry to any are listening. Well, um, I don't know if we have any yet, but no, I don't if know we did, yet. we probably just right, right. <laughs> well, cool. I think we've got one more here. Um, I'll take this last one here. Um, as soon as these ads, I couldn't find this on Creepy Pasta Fandom. Um, I have to read it off of the cursed creepypasta.com um, <laughs> website. website 
and it's awful. I mean, I can't even get to uh, can't even get to the dang story. Mm. It was pulled up here. But um, this will be this will be our last story here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning into this. We're gonna read this last one here. It's called "The Music in the Woods." All right. There is an old monastery not far from my home in a quiet part of the country. It sits among a 10-acre forest where it looms ominously over the local flora. I'm writing this because of what I saw there that night. The pale mannequin roaming in the forest. I should be excused in my panic state, but I find this the best definition of what I saw. It was around 8 o'clock when I began my usual walk out of the forest of the monastery. There's a nature walk where I've walked routinely for the last three years. It is November now, and it has grown colder and colder in the last few weeks. It had never <laughs> occurred to me change the time of my run but that's besides the point the walk follows the track around in a circle passes the stations of the cross in the first part passes through the thickest part of the forest the forest station in the middle then the paths uh, the path winds around to the higher ground which runs parallel to the initial walk and leads back to the face uh back to face the rear of the monastery whoa um i pass through the stations solemnly being respectful, uh, respectful of the etched stones, but feeling all the while frightened of the countenance, the face of Christ being etched so inhumanly, uh, inhumanely, inhumanly, inhumanely, inhumanly. I think there would be an extra E in there if it were inhumane. Inhumanly. We'll go with that. Looking as though it were frozen in a tremendous terror. Having finally passed through the crucifixion, I braced myself for the darkness of the thick woods ahead. The smell of damp foliage was thick in, the, in my nostrils as soon as I entered the pitch black woods. A few minutes into this, I distinctly heard what could be described as a high-pitched moan. I stood for a moment, allowing my heart time to heart, allowing my heart time to still. Upon closer inspection, the moaning turned into a low sob. It sounded like a woman's sobs, but with an eerie false imitation, like a man imitating a woman's sobs. The sobbing grew louder until, all of a sudden, a quick patter of footsteps started up. It had the beat of footsteps, but with the high-pitched clacking of heels or hooves. It was coming further down the path towards me. It took every morsel of courage in me to duck into a dip to my left, off the path. I, I, I knelt there, huddled in the undergrowth for what felt like hours, when finally the running ceased and a figure stood on the path mere feet from me. Little I could make out from the pale moonlight caused my stomach to clench and freeze and my eyes to stare unblinkingly. It was a long, narrow figure of a person, a mask of the most feminine qualities, milk pale, bone china skin, gaudy blue eyeliner over pitch black eye hollows and a petite set of pursed lips painted as, as on some paramour in a fresco. They should have been an emo night. Um, what terrified me most was the figure's r ridiculous height, standing at what was easily seven feet tall, with limbs of such in inordinate length as to make even the branches of the wood seem comparatively small. The figure wore a cloak which masked every inch of its limbs and hung loose about these tiny feminine hands. It danced with the path unpredictably, with jerked, painful-looking motions. When it spoke... Its childlike voice spooked me so I couldn't breathe. He doesn't mean it. He never did. Of course it hurt him. It's much too big. The creepy guttural voice destroyed me. I was frozen in terror. 
then it looks uh looked me straight in the eyes and said don't you hear the wonderful sounds i was frozen in disbelief all this time i it was aware of my presence i i i i choked before it screamed in a gruff male's male voice stop what you will see with me tonight what you wait what you will see in me tonight will open your eyes to yourself I ran. I ran as fast as I possibly could. The trees around me thickened and the darkness was closing in, trying to swallow me up for the figure. I made it out of the heavy forest, sparing a single moment to glance back. You never look back. Why? Uh, the, f- the figure was following me with frantic speed, its arms flailing in all directions. I ran for the monastery and slammed into the heavy wooden door. With all my adrenaline-induced strength, I pushed up the old metal latch, ran inside, and slammed the door behind me. The smell of incense and burning wax was pleasant as I walked to meet the aisle's entryway. The church was alight with the yellow flames of more than a hundred tea lights. Looking, looking forward to the altar, I saw the most heinous of sights. There lay a body drawn across the altar, legs spread wide. It was clearly a young male. There were rivulets of fresh blood uh, running down each thigh. The blood spilled down the, the steps of the altar and pulled in the aisles around the pews. I ran to the altar. The door to the vestry was at the back, so I felt it was it was right to run this way. Upon exiting the blind spot where the perpendicular aisle intersected and led to the seats to the left and right, it was to the left that I saw it. A figure hunched over, eating something. It's breathing inhumane. It's broad shoulders, huge against the candlelight. Then it stopped and slowly turned its head. It was clearly a man, but with a face so horribly disfigured. His body was covered in blood, and the hot metallic smell made me gag. I broke free from my trance and ran to the door, finding it locked. Before I knew it, he was upon me. I ran back the way I'd come. It was at this godforsaken moment that I suddenly slipped on the setting setting blood and cracked my head off the marble floor. Then all was black. Upon coming to, I was greeted with the most, with both abominations standing me. Okay. Upon coming to, I was greeted with both abominations standing at the altar before me. Alas, he is awake, said the figure from the woods. There was another mannequin mask uh, placed over the dead boy's face. His arms had been uh, sprung up over his head to the rafters. Each mannequin stood at at either side of the altar while the disfigured man sat on the altar. The candlelight had had halved now, and the pew to it, which which was affixed, had been placed in the center of the aisle. I'm sure you have questions for us, and I'm sure you want answers. I'm afraid you can never truly know what we are. We come here every night to do our business and return to our lives. We understand that life is simply a set of dichotomies. Just as we are raised to identify right and wrong, good and evil, we live our lives in accordance with this deep nature. However, through these categories, though these categories are binary, what they correspond to in life exists in super in superpositions, uh, forever changing but traceable. I'm sure you've seen this. You have seen this yourself. This building we are in was honored as a house of God in the church. In the course of its history, it became the seat of all that was evil. Satanism was seen as the ultimate evil. Now it is viewed as the antidote to the corruption of the Christian faith. I espouse no moral superiority, simply moral misunderstanding or moral understanding. I'm appreciating this dichotomy. It becomes apparent that good and evil boil down to mere opinion pieces. One hand washes the other. People do not appreciate the recurrent cycle of time and in their perceived moral understanding travels so far east that they end up west 
in the recurrent cyclic form of time, victims of their misunderstanding. By this philosophy, I understand that you fear us because you do not understand us. Yes, you fear our actions here, and I do not wish to divulge the, their purposes, save to say my, psych, my psyche fractured early in life, and in doing so has in fact set me free to a height where I am now untouchable. As we spoke outside, you may now you may now go to the woods and dance to the beautiful sounds that you have been enlightened to hear. I slowly stood up from my pew. My head was in excruciating pain. I exited the church and fled to my house. I locked all the doors and windows, closed all my curtains, and went to my attic where I kept my rifle. They will come for me. There is no question of that. And though I could not, and though I could call the police, there is nothing to say. That wasn't the sergeant in the goat legs. There's nothing to say that wasn't the sergeant in the goat legs. Not only that, this house was too remote. This island, too sparse. A deep fog has set in. But I think, I think I see him slowly dancing. Dancing through the fog. Sunday, March 29th, 2020. I don't think anyone, I don't think that anyone will ever know what happened in that house. And it will stay like that for some time. The papers that bore the headlines will curl and tan on a windowsill somewhere and will all revert back to a resemblance of normality. Even now as I write this, I can fully envision myself sitting here on the back step of a house, far from here, smoking a cigarette, frozen in awe the view of the setting sun. But the darkness so soon follows the light. And just like the sun, I will fall again and again into the darkest depths of my own personal hell. I had arrived to clear up my brother's cottage in the country. As I drove out there, I had to pass the most ominous-looking monastery I had ever seen. My brother's cottage was along a narrow path through a forest that came out in an old clearing. It was an old house behind a crumbling stone wall just beyond the clearing. The green ivy in the forest had encroached a path along the east wall of the house, and its foliage stained the old white pebble-dashed walls. The wooden window frames were sun-scorched and peeling in the dark sun overhead. It was just as I approached that I noticed a figure in the narrow front of window of the old house. It was flitting back and forth quickly in the background of the frame. Be it instinct or what, I decided that in that moment to collapse straight, straight to the ground and begin a slow crawl towards the sill. Upon reaching the window, I moved to the crouching position and slowly moved my vision into the darkest of the house. What I saw still gives me go uh, goose flesh when I think about it. It was like a living doll about seven feet tall with long curly hair. The arms were of such an unnatural length under their black robe. Although in that moment, I felt the most intense fear of my life. It was in that same moment that I heard the most beautiful music. Hmm. Weird. Totally that weird. was intense. <clears throat> Sounds like something out of um a Mike Flanagan uh, movie. Of some sort. Did you guys watch Midnight Mass? I have not. Uh, I think it's oh, sick dude. music video though. It, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say too. It sounds like a really like intense black metal music video. Mm. Or death. Kind of. Definitely that new fit for an autopsy video. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Have you seen that? that? Uh uh Dude, it's really good. Okay. I'll send you a video in a little bit. Please do. We'll check it out. We'll get James to do a react to it. There you go. Because I react to channels on the YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Well, cool. That was uh, that was some music creepy pastas for everybody. Some of those were really weird. Some of those are really depressing. Um, and we're gonna need some pick me ups after that one. Uh, some form of palate cleanser. Um, so I'm gonna go watch a bunch of YouTube videos tonight uh, before I go to bed. Yes, that'll make me happy. Watch all happy kind of music, you know, music videos. That's right. Uh, um, another thing to keep uh, keep keep uh, people happy is this this week's mental health minute. You want to do that yeah, for us right now? Um, uh, yeah, we'll do a mental health minute. Um, so uh, this week's mental health minute. Uh, how about keep it cool for a good night's sleep? Uh, the optimal temperature for sleep is between sixty and seven sixty seven degrees. We keep it freezing cold. Dude, I house. can't go to sleep unless uh, it's like super cold in my house. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know about uh, Travis, but I'm pretty sure that we are all are agreed. Cold. cold yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Got a ceiling fan Very in every cold. room. It has to be on full blast. Yeah. Never. Never anything less than full blast. <laughs> um. And uh. Yeah. We keep it. We keep it freezing cold in this house. And I think it does help because it does. think about it. You can't sleep. When you're hot, right? That's how you guys are. Can't oh, sleep when it's yeah. hot. Um, think about what kind of mood that puts you in. If you, uh, like, say you go to sleep angry, and then you're <laughs> probably going to wake up angry. Uh, so it, that, that's how I am, at least. So yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, it's been proven that in a cooler, cooler sense of, um, of sleeping, you're, you're just going to be generally more happy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I keep. Lately, you know, when it's not the dead of summer down here, I put my um, air conditioning in my truck on like 68, and it's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the bene. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Cool. 68 is good. Well, nice. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, Creepypasta episode, uh, part of this, this month's Halloween specials that we got going on. Um, James, why don't you take us out, James? James Cox. So, if you're totally bummed out by this, by this, by this episode, <laughs> you can blame everything on Blake Mosley Brosley here. Sorry. Uh, you, 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 well, you can um, uh, review our podcast and uh, tell them how you know how it made you feel, inside and out. Uh, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, plus, every time you review our podcast. Uh, we will read it on air, just like this one. Um, I have a feeling that th- that this one is strictly from our last episode. Turn it up, the southern episode, because their their yeah. uh, their tagline is "Turn it up," and it's from Dave in South Carolina, <laughs> and I think I know Dave, Dave Arbrock, maybe. Um, so it says, "Just found out, just found this podcast via Blake. Two episodes in, Southern Rock and Rockabilly, and I am hooked." Great insights, fascinating, fascinating tidbits, and a whole lot of fun. So, we do appreciate you, Mr. Dave from South Carolina. I think that actually is Mr. Dave Langer, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because um, yeah, he um, requested the, um, the South Rock one, right? Yes. yes. Uh, well, no, that was actually Mr. Tom, okay. uh, Tom Moore, that... That requested that one, but we do have. I have another message from uh, Mr. Dave too, um, who shout out to both him and Dave Arbot. Yeah. They were both like big supporters of um, not religious, right? Uh, and and uh, when we're chilling, guys, now, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for rolling over to this one. 
Um, but uh, Mr. Dave also had a um, idea for a cover wars that he sent me. So, um, and also he said that he was listening to the Southern Rock episode, and this is what he sent me. Um, he said that the Outlaws are not Southern Rock. Oh, they are so much closer to the California country rock um, of the Eagles than they are to Leonard Skinner. So, um, yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do a whole episode on the Eagles at some point. Yeah, it's been a long day, and I hate the Eagles, man. What? Get off our show! How dare you say that to us? Man. Oh, that's a that's a big Lebowski quote. <laughs> big Lebowski is a great movie, dude. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. Well, cool. Yeah, man. Um. So. Uh, sorry, I lost my place here, but uh, yeah. So, uh, anybody else that wants to leave a review, uh, whether that's uh, Mr. Dave did that through Facebook, I believe. Um, but you guys can send us a Facebook message or uh, DM us on instagram or twitter or something and let us know how we're doing or you can leave a uh apple podcast review that'd be the best way to help us out leave us a five-star review if you don't mind um and uh we'll read it right here on the show yes sir um james where can the people the precious people follow us on the social media all right so they can locate us on instagram at when words fail podcast uh, on facebook at wwfms podcast we're on twitter at when words fail ms, uh, you can always email us at when words fail podcast at gmail.com. Um, you're viewing this this uh, YouTube channel um, video podcast at when at youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks, and we're on TikTok. Uh, we're slowly growing, but Blake mostly is vastly growing, and we don't know why. But you can find us at uh, When Words Fail Music Speaks at TikTok. At TikTok. And uh, our website is, of course, When Words Fail Music Speaks.com. And I will link the uh, um, link for to get all, all of our merchandise below so you can get shirts, uh, masks, laptop bags, uh, kids', kids clothes, everything you can need. For your when words fail, music speaks needs. I guess that's right. That's what Travis and Jordan's gonna do. Yes. They're gonna go get some baby clothes. Yeah. Um, yes. We already have <laughs> enough gods and machines onesie in our possession. <laughs> that's nice. Perfect. Yeah. Get you one for the for the podcast too. There you go. For um, sure. For sure. So- you can find me on Instagram and Twitter it's at Blake underscore Mosley M O S E L E Y on the youtube uh it's youtube.com slash mosley m-o-s-e-l-e-y-y-y still haven't figured out how to change that um thanks 2009 blake um and then uh also on the tiktok at blake brosley one day i'll follow up that video with something else um probably soon but anywho soon i'll help do what you'll help okay i need you guys to help me with that one Um, I got nothing. Um, I'm, I have, I've got a creative block going on right now. Um, but Travis, where can the people uh, find your social media? Uh, give me some band plugs. Give me some plugs for the uh, podcast one more time before we wrap up. I'm pretty much universally uh, at the Travis Wayne uh, on all social medias. Uh, Facebook has spaces, you know. Uh, I think I got a Twitter too. I don't use it. <laughs> instagram is my main dig you feel yeah so uh if you follow me on instagram i have a link tree in my bio 
where you can find a bunch of content I make. And uh, the band is at OV for of, of gods and machines, just straight out. That's the Instagram. Um, We also have the metal health podcast. Um, That is also Instagram. I'm working on getting everything integrated to where you can leap to anything from my link tree on my Instagram. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I really do these days. Social media and playing a band. <laughs> and and uh and uh, and uh, tell us one more time what the, what the podcast is essentially about. All right, so me and Jake both uh love heavy music, so we wanted to talk about our tagline is pretty much um heavy music and heavier topics we want to talk about a lot of like um get really down into the nitty-gritty about mental health you know what i mean yeah um talk about the sensitive subjects we may have some trigger warnings here in the future um just get real deep with it you know what i mean yeah yeah okay cool i like hoping it'll help some people out yeah give some Absolutely. people some stuff that they need to hear you know all nice. positive stuff well, we're definitely good stuff so. more episodes for sure. yeah yeah sweet all right everybody all right well this is from this episode come from creepypasta.com but they were awful uh because of their ads so no thanks to you um fandom.com and also the creepypasta app i found that in search for the uh the creepypastas for this episode today and it was very very helpful um but uh you kind of have to subscribe to be able to read them so i just found some on there and then found them on other websites whoops um uh life hack i guess um but anyway um thanks again travis for coming on the show really enjoyed it always a pleasure always a blast yeah man uh look forward to more uh mental health uh podcast episodes and more music from gods and machines um and uh but yeah happy halloween everybody Hope you're having a safe and wonderful time mm-hmm. out there. Um, and just all to re- always remember that when words fail, music speaks. Music speaks. Bam! He did it. <laughs> he did it with us. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> My dogs are freaking out.